Hey, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up on tonight's Lockdown Jets, we're going to be talking about a couple of things. I wanted to talk about Dave Lowry's comments on the lineup and what it kind of means for the Jets overall and my personal thoughts on this. I have quite a few, as you might expect, and then we'll also be talking about Winnipeg versus Dallas, which will be a critical game if Winnipeg is interested in getting back into the postseason picture. All of this is coming right up on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. Like I said at the top of this episode, I had a couple of topics on tap, and one of them is Dave Lowry's comments on two particular players that I think a lot of Jets fans have uh, certain expectations for. Um, I know I'm certainly one of them, and their ice time this year has been a little bit of a frustrating topic for at least a portion of us. Some people don't really care because, well, either they're not really big fans of these players, or they feel like it's not that big of an issue, but... In my mind, I actually think Lowry's commentary suggested a much bigger problem with the way that this team evaluates performances and what it's looking for from some of its players from the bottom of the roster to the top. Partly because, I'll be a little bit honest, I think some of the stuff that the Jets have said is a bit hypocritical and a little bit silly, and I I, I struggle with it a lot, especially over the past couple of years. When the Jets, to me at least, continue to underperform, it's it's a bit of a strange thing. So we'll start off with this comments about Evgeny Zvechnikov, because this guy is, you know, the established NHL veteran of a sort. He's definitely played a lot of pro hockey um, at a couple of different levels, but of course, injury sort of derailed a lot of his trajectory with the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So here he walked into Winnipeg kind of with almost like a last chance sort of approach to things. I think Evgeny kind of knew that there weren't many other options for him if he didn't make the cut with the Jets. But, you know, we all saw him do really well in preseason. He's been a, a nice middle six contributor whenever he actually gets uh, into the lineup. And I, I just feel like every time I've watched Zvechnikov, you know, he has a couple of really interesting traits, especially when he's in possession of the puck and working either along the walls or in space under pressure. He adds an element of strength, transition ability, puck smarts, and, you know... Just domination when in possession that I think pretty much any line on this team could actually make use of. He's really, really good at just being a guy who, for whatever reason, seems to be a bit of a defender magnet, and it actually opens up a lot of opportunities for his line mates. We've seen, though, that Zvech hasn't really gotten much of a shot this year, especially as of late under Lowry, and, you know, he was asked about the whole situation. Um, Lowry was, was asked about, you know, 
Zvetch being in the doghouse. And he was like, well, you know, now he has a chance in the top six, but it's only been, you know, the past game or so that Zvetch has actually been reunited with KFC and uh, Dubois. So it's not like he's actually had much of a chance over the past few weeks. And the quote Lowry had that really caught me off guard was this. There's a certain way guys have to play and there's certain expectations and standards, and that's going to be for everybody. If that quote were actually true, you know, Mark Shifley would have been benched ages ago. Kyle Connor probably would have been demoted. There have been so many players in this lineup, especially towards the top end, that frankly haven't been up to the standards that I think most teams would be looking for, and it's baffling to me that Lowry would say the expectations apply to everyone. I don't really know that I believe that. The team has a lot of guys who just haven't really been all that great, and, you know, for the coaching staff to insist that this is a fair, you know, even process, I really don't agree with that. And that sort of organizational rot to me has been here for many years. So I'm just frustrated with that perspective. I I feel like it's an issue that's plagued the Jets. And honestly, if this is how they view things, then it's really time to clean house. If that is the attitude and that is the perspective that this Jets team thinks it has already, or at least is publicly putting out there, you know, it's not good enough. I can't imagine that, you know, a lot of the players and staff really believe this, though, deep down. I mean, there's got to be some really critical self-examination, and you'd have to think at least to some degree, even Lowry is kind of aware of this. The other thing that kind of happened was Heinola got sent down, um, and of course, you know, I'm a big fan of Vili Heinola's skill sets, and I've maintained that the only way for Heinola to really improve at this level is to actually play at this level. I mean, you're not going to be getting the kind of style of game that he needs to be playing with a moose. And yet, you know, Lowry said his start was pretty rough, and that is true. You know, the first game or so, not so great. But Heinola started adding that more dynamic puck movement and the confident possession that we're known for, um, especially on the back end with him. And he was actually making a lot of really good zone exits, which is something that, at a bare minimum, the Jets haven't really done for, well, years. But Lowry then said, you know, we're going to expect him to have really good games out with the moose and to continue uh, his his trajectory and his level of play. But for me, if he's not playing at the NHL level, then what is the point? The only stuff that he really has to prove now and improve at is playing at the NHL level. I mean, you're not going to get the style of game that the Jets need from Billy playing with the Moose. You're just not. The timing is different. The spacing is different. The reads that you have to make are very different. The entire organization of the game is different. I, I just don't really understand what more... Heinola might glean from a level of league that's not at the standard of what the Jets are. The AHL can be useful in instructing kids in certain things about how to actually be a pro if they've never actually been a professional before, but Heinola's been a pro since, like, what, 17, 18? What is he actually going to learn at the AHL level that he hasn't already gleaned from years of pro experience by now? He really shouldn't be playing in the AHL, and my hope is that after the trade deadline, he gets a full-time call-up because... As it is right now, he needs to be getting, you know, at least third pairing minutes or something. Playing with the Moose is not going to be how you build this kid up. It it would actually, I think, have the adverse effect, especially if he starts learning some bad habits or the style of game that the Moose plays, you know, continues to be so divergent from the Jets and he ultimately fails to adapt to the NHL level. I'm not expecting much, though. The Jets don't have a great track record recently with a lot of young Finnish defenders, so we're going to see how it plays out, but... These comments for me, I just felt like they were worth addressing because 
It highlights for me a lot of the biggest problems with this organization and the lack of accountability. Now, please understand this is not really to point fingers at Lowry. I, I think it's something that's more pervasive throughout the entire team, um, and it continues to be a more overarching problem. He's just the latest messenger, and I feel like that's going to be the situation with a lot of coaching staffs who say the same thing. So we'll see if some of the frustrated players start to change the culture, but you know, with this Jets team and the upcoming summer, there is a lot of work to be done from the ground up. Until then, though, we've still got hockey left to go in this season, and uh, speaking of hockey remaining in this season, we've got the Jets playing the Dallas Stars on the road in just a little bit. We'll talk about some of the overarching themes of this game and some major takeaways, but before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into betonline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with betonline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey friends, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out Locked On NHL and Locked On Now. You'll get nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. I did say earlier in this podcast that, uh, you know, I was going to talk about Dallas versus Winnipeg, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I just wanted to express right now it's it's been a little bit difficult to try and get through this recording because... Um, I don't really get into like a lot of, of real world politics, but of course, Russia has invaded Ukraine and, you know, our thoughts right now are just with all the the folks in Ukraine right now who are currently undergoing this ordeal. And if any of you have family there or, you know, you need to vent about something or, or reach out, my, my DMs are always open. I know that this has been a really difficult past few hours, um, but, you know, I'm I'm always available and if you need to talk about it. You know, you can always feel free to reach out to me, and that's, you know, that's that's part of what we're here for. We want to be really respectful of the community and, and make sure that our listeners always feel, you know, a part of this community and, you know, th- that we care about you all. I'm going to pause the Ukraine talk there and, and kind of shift gears because, of course, you know, this is a hockey podcast, and uh, I, I want to live up to my promise to you all to talk about the Jets versus the Stars. And uh, as far as the game is concerned, you know, we had, uh, t- I guess you could say, an okay performance. Um, the first half for Winnipeg was probably where the Jets tended to look like the most dangerous, I would say. Winnipeg was decently fast for a couple of shifts. I, I felt like Winnipeg at least pressed uh, Jake Ottinger into making some really good saves. Dallas's defensive organization wasn't great, and the Jets were even able to draw some power plays. And, uh, you know, that that first line with Stastny, Wheeler, and Shifley, defensively, it still continues to be a bit of an issue, but at least offensively, you know, there are some really great players in that unit who 
when they find their stride and can find that open shooting or passing lane can still make the impossible possible. And, you know, Blake Wheeler actually got a great slot feed. I believe this one was from Neil Pionk cutting down the center. And the goal itself was a thing of beauty. I mean, I remember a couple of seasons ago and, you know, even as recently as last season, wondering if Blake was ever going to really be able to be a goal scorer again. Recently, he's been on a bit of a heater and he's finally getting his shooting percentage back into normal straights. In fact, I would say his puck handling and his skating both look notably better. I think he still has like mobility issues. And, you know, for his age, he definitely does look like a guy who is kind of coasting into the latter part of his 30s. Um... You know, he's like, what, 34, uh, 33 or 34. So obviously he is kind of getting up there in the age for an NHL or especially a guy who is still getting like first line deployments. But I do kind of wonder if the performance over the last few years was more heavily in uh, influenced by like injuries and stuff, because the way that he's playing now looks very different than how he played even as recently as last year or even even sooner, maybe even the first part of the season. Strangely enough, all of the injuries and stuff recently that have hit him this year maybe gave him some time off to heal up and work on some of the uh, the rehabbing and recovery that's gotten him into a much faster state this year. After that goal, though, you know, you started to feel Dallas take over the game a bit. Uh, Dallas, especially at even strength and on the counter, I thought their rushes looked very dangerous and Winnipeg was really struggling to keep up with it. There were a number of chances that Hellebuck had to be very wise to. I think the Jets were a bit fortunate that Dallas, especially um, offensively and in the finishing department, were kind of missing some of those last touches they needed to convert on some of the great cross-slot feeds that they were getting um, from one side of the ice down to the central slot area. Uh, you know, high to low plays, really good. Again, like I said, crossing passes that were hitting forwards in stride. You know, that last touch to settle the puck and take the shot just always seemed to elude most of Dallas's forwards. And the fortune didn't really seem to break for Dallas until just about the end of the second period when the Jets were on a power play. Neil Pionk kind of mishandled the puck at the blue line, which he does kind of do a lot recently. I, I think that's been an issue with him this year. Overall, Pionk's game has definitely kind of struggled, and this kind of stuff, I would imagine, just really makes the psychological aspect of the game even harder. And this one, you know, it, it created like a three-on-two or something, maybe even a three-on-one. Uh, and then it was basically an ISO play with just Rope Hints and Jamie Ben, and Ben really didn't miss. I mean, he sort of outweighed Connor Hellebuck, wristed it right by Helly, and, you know, suddenly the game is tied. On the balance of the play, though, I think you could really say that the scoreline was more than fair. In fact, I would actually argue uh, it was a bit unfair to Dallas because the Stars were just the better team through two periods, and I wasn't really sure if the Jets were going to wake up in the third or if Dallas was going to continue to press the advantage and maybe find a late winner somewhere. We'll talk about the backstretch of this game in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's thoughts on Winnipeg versus Dallas. Uh, you know, the Jets... Especially as the game started to wear on, the second half wasn't particularly great. Winnipeg was definitely getting outshot, outchanced, and uh, in the moments where it counted most, Winnipeg just really struggled to be cohesive. I felt like there were a lot of turnovers. Um, oftentimes, the Jets have a habit of passing into coverages. They make some really silly mistakes. 
just the kind of stuff that, you know, for an NHL outfit that desperately needs two points to even have a chance at staying in the playoff race, it's just not good enough. And I think Winnipeg found itself on the wrong end of this again. But, you know, for a couple of minutes, there did seem to be a sign of life. The Jets got a power play. Um, and, you know, it was a bit controversial because, you know, during the power play sequence, Mark Shifley got tripped by Jamie Ben from behind. Shifley was kind of swinging his stick around and then clipped Ben up high in the face as a result. And then Shifley collected the puck and scored the, uh, the go-ahead goal for the Jets. And Dallas, of course, protested. But with how the officiating was, I mean, there were lots of really questionable calls and non-calls all night. So I don't really feel like Ben can be complaining. After all, it was his uh, initial tripping that kind of got Shifley off balance and swung his stick. And that tripping wasn't called either. With Winnipeg being Winnipeg, though, you could kind of see the tides turning again, especially at even strength. And, you know, towards the uh, the back half of the third period, Dallas ended up tying it 2-2. Denis Gurionov, who had had a really excellent chance cutting in earlier just a, a minute or two before, he came back on another counter, this one a two-on-one, and Gurionov simply did not miss. Hellebuck had made so many amazing saves up until that point, but, you know, you can't really keep bailing out your defense, especially when Beaulieu and Schmidt are on the ice, and not really able to mark effectively. Mark Shifley was chasing Gurionov as well, and Shifley, we know, with his back check, does struggle a little bit, so if you want a good illustration of everything that Winnipeg does wrong in defensive coverages, this would be a really good example, especially rush coverages. The Jets are super bad off of rush counters, and I think this was a nearly textbook illustration of why the Jets simply can't defend them. The game went uh, to overtime, and Dallas, of course, got a Tyler Sagan game winner. This one, a puck that Hellebuck initially stopped and deflected it up, trying to push it away. It got batted upwards in the air instead of outwards, and, uh, you know, Tyler Sagan, with the great hand-eye coordination that he has, batted it home. It actually looked at first like Josh Morrissey cleared the puck off the line, but after a further review on the play, the puck was deemed to have crossed completely, and just like that, Dallas came away with both points while Winnipeg only got one. My gut overall takeaway from this game is that it was just another really mediocre effort at best, and, uh, you know, the Jets aren't very good. I think we've seen time and time again, Winnipeg has really struggled to put together uh, multiple streaks of even one to two wins at a time. And the Jets, I, I just feel, have definitely fallen off the playoff pace. This is kind of just who the Jets are. And I mean, it's been their, their MO for a couple of years now. But without Hellebuck being completely invulnerable and impervious, you know, Winnipeg suddenly looks more like a normal NHL squad rather than the team that has magically ended up in the playoffs despite looking like a lotto squad at times. After the game, you know, Dave Lowry had some comments saying, oh, I thought our compete was good. I thought the effort was there. Uh, and different, you know, sort of hockeyisms, I guess. And if that's really what the assessment was, I, I would ask what game we were watching because it definitely wasn't the same thing. I'm sure Dave, in many respects, has a good handle on what is actually happening with this roster, but... You know, the deployments, uh, the line combos, the way that the D are not activating, the lack of production from the forwards across the board. It just all creates a bit of a mess, and I think Winnipeg is really going to find itself mired in a lot of losing streaks as they go throughout the rest of the season. Winnipeg continues to look like a team that really does not deserve to be in the playoffs, and frankly, I didn't think the Stars were all that good either, and yet Dallas still won. So, 
tells you the state of these two franchises and the directions that they continue to push on towards. It's not good for the Jets, though, and so hopefully, you know, once the summer rolls around, some change rolls around as well, and Winnipeg starts to look more like a franchise headed in the right direction. The Jets will have some games coming up over the next several days as well, so I'll be sure to give you thoughts on those as they continue to roll in and Winnipeg keeps marching towards the trade deadline. We'll also have trade deadline coverage heading up through the next couple of weeks. Some very juicy names have recently become available on the trade block, and I'll tell you about those on a future episode as well. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodan and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!